I am Jeffrey Rickman, and this is Plain Spoken. This is a channel that I started trying to um, equip and inform conservatives within the United Methodist arena, or Wesleyan Methodist uh, Christians more broadly. I do interviews sometimes, and I uh, do reports on different topics I just recently put out. Um, I have the Processing the State of the Church address on, that's our most recent video, doing very well. There's a lot of interest in, in this sort of stuff. Just want to encourage you, if you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. And I want to thank those of you who are commenting on the stuff and sharing it. I got a call this morning from a lady who said, oh, this is just so useful in my local church. And that's exactly what I'm going for. So um, if, if you've benefited, I'm glad. Um, if this is your first video that you watch, um, while it says plain spoken, I'm not dropping uh, four-letter words or anything. I'm just trying to, to give uh, a portrait of how conservatives see things. Uh, so one of the segments that I started a while back and that this is an installment on is with respect to different annual conferences. What developments are we seeing? Um, how are things going? I've, I've covered uh, my first two were Arkansas and North Georgia whenever things went so poorly there a few months ago. I've also reported on West Virginia and one other that's escaping me right now. But uh, today I'm uh, reporting on the Great Plains Annual Conference. And whenever I say reporting, I mean it loosely. I am not a reporter. I am a local licensed pastor in small rural uh, setting Oklahoma. But um, I, I, uh, whenever I'm interested in an area, sometimes I'm getting emails from people. And if you want to email me about what's going on in your annual conference, uh, the email address is plainspokenpod, P-O-D for podcast, plainspokenpod at gmail.com. And um, I, I try and read everything that people send me, and I'll, I'll try and do a report on your annual conference if I haven't already. Uh, Great Plains, of course, is the combination of Nebraska and Kansas, uh, overlapping areas. They combined in uh, the process started in 2014, and the bishop who was a part of that combination effort made it happen was Bishop Reuben Sainz. I always thought it was pronounced Sainz, but then whenever I talked to people in, in uh, uh, Great Plains Annual Conference, they said it's pronounced Sainz. And now he's down in Texas uh, in the Dallas Episcopal area and the Fort Worth Episcopal area, but starting in 2016, he was a resident bishop at Great Plains, and uh, the people I've talked to there, the conservative uh, leadership say, he was great. It was a good fit, a uh, good annual conference. He was a good leader. Uh, the current leader is David M. Wilson, who, of course, came out of my area, Oklahoma. And um, he is a brand new bishop. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you on the front end, the, on the back end of this, I think I have some interesting and important things to say. But on the front end of this report, I got to tell you, there's not much drama uh, because both Signs and Wilson have been easy to work with. Um, the conservative leadership that I talked to say that both of these guys were straight shooters. Um, have, with uh, Bishop Wilson in particular, they say he listens, he's earnest, he's humble. Um, he sounds like a really good leader for this moment in time uh, because of that leadership. And because of leadership like, um, well, the former WCA uh, coordinator was a guy named Rick Just. They've all worked pretty well together. The Episcopal leadership and cabinet, the, um, the conference staff, uh, especially their treasurer, everybody has great things to say about him. 
um, and then the, the conservative caucus group leadership. All of them seem to have behaved very well together, which is, well, I haven't heard of that happening anywhere. Um, when I spoke with Rick Just, he is now uh, no longer the WCA chair or, or coordinator. He has now left and he's gone to the Global Methodist Church. He said he is still able to call the conference office and, and talk to who he wants and ask questions and exchange information because um, the, the leadership there has been very clear. They put out a statement pretty early on that they were not going to stand in the way of any church that wanted to disaffiliate, that wanted to leave, uh, which is quite a thing. There are other bishops, I think I recall. Oh, Kentucky was the other annual conference I re reported on. Uh, Bishop Farrelly was known for saying very kind and uh, gracious things along those lines. And then, of course, things have changed in Kentucky now where he's closing the door on disaffiliations. There's not going to be any special called conference. Um, and, and he's just kind of done with that. Uh, these guys, the leadership in, in Kansas and Nebraska, have seemed to have the energy uh, required for this present moment. Um, when, when looking at the, what, the on-the-ground realities of what's going on there, um, let me pull up my notes here. As of right now, they have, I think, 910 churches involved in their annual conference. And this is after um, I have a spreadsheet generated by uh, the denomination, uh, UM News generated this. It shows that in 2020, six churches disaffiliated, following year four, the following year 12 at regular annual conference session, and then an additional 55. So you're looking at 77 churches disaffiliating. That would have put, um, if those are the only churches, if they didn't have to close any, then at one point they had almost 1,000 churches three years ago. Um, on the chopping block, according to the, the numbers that the WCA had, there are 115 churches that are potentially going to be exiting this April. Now there's a, well, no, wait, the, the next conference is scheduled June 6th through 10th, April 31st is the last date that they can uh, go through the process of disaffiliation. So there's not going to be any special called conference. Um, now, that, that does put a little pressure on the given moment. Um, so uh, I don't want to paint a picture. The guys in, in uh, Great Plains didn't paint a picture of uh, perfect peace. There's been no disinformation. There's been no anxiety. There's, there's been some. There's, they said there's been a little bit on the conference, and there's been some misinformation from conservatives. So they've they've just tried to put out those fires, and it's all stayed pretty contained, which is is pretty great. Um, and this is after um, one of the things you'll remember if you saw my reporting on West Virginia, at least at the point at which I reported, they had no disaffiliation agreement in place, and that was like a month ago. They had no formal disaffiliation agreement in place. They were very reluctant to utilize paragraph 2553. Uh, the opposite case is in Great Plains, where under signs, um, uh, probably more than a year ago at this point, the conference put out an official disaffiliation agreement, which was just the bare bones provisions of paragraph 2553. Um, according to the people I talked to who went through it or are going through it, there was no confusing rhetoric. There was no uh, jumping through unreasonable hoops. There was no um, maneuvering on the part of conference officials to try and uh, delay things or um, discourage churches that wanted to go. The only insistence has, has been, 
let's be adults. And uh, as I understand it, that that uh, provision has been met. So anyway, when you look at uh, the 110 churches that that are or 115 that are in the pipeline, if they all disaffiliate uh, in a couple months, and then you have these 77 that disaffiliated before, you're looking about at about a 20 percent reduction, uh, a, a decrease of about one fifth of the number of churches in Kansas and Nebraska that are belonging to the United Methodist Church, which is a chunk, you know, 20 percent, uh, one fifth. That's a sizable chunk, and what what we've seen in a lot of conferences is they start off very polite and kind when they think that hardly anyone's leaving, and then when they see the numbers of how many churches are interested in leaving, that's when they start going, hey, no, 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 we're, <laughs> we're hold off one second. Um, they didn't do that in Kansas and Nebraska. There doesn't seem to have been any pressure as as these numbers of churches started signing up to, to disaffiliate there there wasn't any reversing of course and and changing the rules or um, uh, any of any of that maneuvering which is pretty great so I, I wanted to know what what are the financial pressures on this conference and um, you know it's hard to speak about the pressures on any given conference because very few conferences report transparently, on their financial situation. Most conferences, as I'm aware, only report um, on an annual basis what was spent the previous year and what they would like approved for the next year budget. But they don't have anything like a line item budget report that is usually given out, and um, they especially do not report on conference reserves and what reserves generally are are special donations made directly to the annual conference for specific purposes that are designated or um, uh, funds that were inherited by uh, the sale of different properties and then redesignated by the conference. Um, when I spoke with Ryan Barnett in Texas, he talked about how they had reserves from 100 years prior uh, in the previous iter- denominational iterations before the UMC that were given and passed along and accumulated interest over the years. Um, I, I am under the impression that pretty much all the annual conferences have reserves, some of them to the tune of millions of dollars. And that was the case in the Great Plains uh, annual conference. They had uh, sold a hospital building where they got several million dollars. And my understanding is that $30 million was applied from their reserves to the cost of disaffiliation. So uh, they were able to leave at a very reasonable rate. And I asked the leadership, how did y'all get a hold of that information? How did you figure out that they had this money in reserves and ask for it? And they said, we didn't have to. Conference leadership volunteered that without us asking, which I have not heard of. I mean, I know in Northwest Texas that they they liquidated uh, pretty much all of their reserves to, to pay for <laughs> not just disaffiliation costs, but all the apportionments of all the churches in the annual conference. That was quite a thing. Um, but other than that, I'm only, I, I have the understanding only a couple other annual conferences applied conference reserves to those disaffiliation costs, and they had to figure out, people on the outside had to figure out what those numbers were and what those funds were in order to ask for them directly. But here in this conference, under signs, under Bishop Signs, 
the 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 conference leadership said, "Hey, we've got this money from the sale of this hospital. Why don't we apply it to the disaffiliation cost if you guys want to go?" I just think that's pretty incredible. I think that's as I as I was talking to these people just north of me. Just north, I had no idea all this was the land of peace and merriment was north of me, but uh, I just thought it was so wonderful that they had leadership that really wanted to take a non-coercive stance and say, hey, if you want to go, we're not even going to charge you the money because we have the money. We can cover, you know, collectively, this is what we've had. We're, we're happy to apply it to the balance here. I just think that's so gracious, and <laughs> I, I love that. I wish more people knew that because, as I'm going to come back around to the end and say, it doesn't have to be a nasty process. It really doesn't. You know, when you look at places that are doing it well— then you look at, at places like, um, well, I don't want to net. Well, I, I'll, I'll just say North Georgia, and just it really doesn't have to be like this. You know, North Georgia just sounds miserable. Uh, Florida sounds like it was miserable. I'm getting updates now from their uh, about their bishop Tom Berlin taking a much better posture than the previous bishop Carter. So maybe I'll report on them next. But here in in Great Plains. Um, it's great. It looks great. And so, you know, I, I started asking financial questions, and so they have conference reserves, they have a, a robust economy, and then they, uh, not an economy, budget. Then they sent me um, the 2023 budget detailed supplement. Um, and so you'll see that um, for 2023, they were able to take in almost, uh, well, over $14 million total income. And then when you look at um, what they're spending— for 2023, it was just a little over 13 million. So they're firmly in the black, if I'm reading this correctly, um, and I I could be reading it incorrectly because I'm not very smart. But they're in a good financial situation. And um, I said, uh, well, are there are there any really large like mega churches that are leaving that are a big part of the budget that they're really trying to keep contained? Because that's that's what's happening in some annual conferences. And they said, you know. There's not a lot of like mega churches. There, there are some sizable churches. A couple of them, um, of of medium size, Asbury and Water's Edge, uh, are disaffiliating, and the conference is letting them go because, of course, the main mega church of the whole denomination is uh, Core Church of the Resurrection. Adam Hamilton is the pastor. He is a firm BUMC, stay UMC guy. And so he and Church of the Resurrection are going nowhere. And I asked, uh, about what percentage of the conference budget does Church of the Resurrection supply in apportionments? And they said, we don't know for sure, but it might be about half. You know, So if half of your uh, budget is staying, is happily staying, is advocating that other people are staying, you just sit in a secure position. You've got good finance, financial reserves, you've got a healthy budget, um, you can stand to lose numerically a fifth of your churches um, if four fifths, including the mega church, paying for half the budget stays. So um, it could be, you know, who knows? Who knows? It could be that that leadership would have behaved differently if more was on the line financially. Uh, that that is a factor that's hard to ignore. But I like to think that the people here were just of such integrity and character that they would behave well no matter what. Um, so, of course, it's impossible to speak about, you know, and I don't know these guys personally, but whenever I spoke with Rick Just, 
he said, uh, something I wish you would just tell everybody is it really pays not to be a jerk. And um, he, he said that's the reason why he, you know, he's got these relationships where he didn't burn bridges, he didn't speak out of turn, he wasn't nasty to anybody, and they weren't nasty to him. And because of that, they've been able to navigate a situation that is causing some people to lose their minds. Some of our leadership is behaving in ways that I just think is completely inappropriate, you know. So see my previous uh, message on uh, Bishop Bickerton's um, State of the Church address. I just think the current challenges have caused people to just retreat into this partisan mindset that is making things worse, and I wish we could look less at that and more at what's going on in places like Great Plains Annual Conference. So there are a few more details I've, I've got about the conference, but that's the main broad picture that I thought would be helpful for everybody to have. And so I just kind of want to wrap up this report. Um, well, one one other piece of information that's just interesting. The Global Methodist Church has is, is started, of course, and um, Kansas already has a lot of Global Methodist churches. I think in, in this region they have more than any other region. There are some in Oklahoma. There are some in Colorado. There are some in Missouri. Uh, and what's my understanding is that they're all going to be combining in uh, what, what they're calling a TCAT, and I forget what that stands for, but um, they're going to make a provisional annual conference eventually um, called the Heartland Annual Conference in the, the Global Methodist Church. So Rick Just and, and hundreds of other people are going to be a part of that. Um, so, you know, be in prayer for them. Be in prayer for Bishop Wilson and uh, give God thanks for the leadership of Bishop Signs um, and for cool heads having prevailed. And uh, if you're watching this from another annual conference, all right, if you're watching from Great Plains, I'm sorry if I said anything wrong, <laughs> and I know you will write and correct me, um, but if you're watching from another conference, especially if you're in a hostile situation, uh, make sure that your leadership knows that it doesn't have to be bitter, it doesn't have to be nasty, and that it is a situation where... Uh, we can be reasonable, we can be adults, we can be mature, we can be loving and respectful in the midst of a situation we all knew was coming, um, and we've got an example to follow. So um, let's look more at the people doing a good job and uh, less, uh, or, you know, it's okay, I think it's okay to look at people behaving badly, but the whole purpose of that is saying we shouldn't do that. And the fear I have is people are looking at escalation in other places uh, I was watching a thing on a bishop today saying, if, if you're one of these nasty conservatives, you just need to get out now. I'm probably going to talk about that later, but not so that I can say, we should all be like this and we should fight. Rather, we need to stay away from that kind of leadership, and we need to be going more in the direction of Bishop Wilson. Um, so thanks for tuning in. If you thought this was helpful, pass it along, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll put out a weekly update. I've been putting those out on Fridays. Uh, go ahead and tune in this Friday um, because there's always st developments going on and, and it's all interesting. So uh, God bless you as you try to navigate this. A lot of information, but uh, we'll do it together. Blessings.